Good afternoon, hockey fans. This is Jay Hilsander from the Junior Hockey Networks Against the Green. It will be an uncensored, inappropriate, and incredibly entertaining show with my host, Coach Sterling, from the Independent Elite Sports Group. How are you today, uh, Coach Sterling? How are you today, sir? Good. How's the weather? I hear you're in Brockville. I am in Brockville. It is uh, partly cloudy, cool, and calling for rain mix on Friday night. So, like I say, it, snows, it looks like it snows on its way, so it's hockey season. Yes, yes it is. I have to, I have to call home and see uh, how many inches of sunshine we have in Florida. <laughs> so, what, what brings you all the way up to, uh, up to Canada from Florida? Uh, well, my son's playing up here, and uh, I have a lot of friends up here, obviously. And, um, you know, I, I, had my, uh, I had my 45th birthday, uh, and I had a pacemaker put in back in uh, March or was it May? May, pardon me, in May. And uh, so I really hadn't left Florida much or left the house or rehab or anything else. So um, it was kind of my time to get out, and I'm feeling pretty good. And, uh, of course, any time I can get near an ice rink and see the kids playing, I just absolutely love that. Understandable. Now, like I say, with Junior Hockey Network, like I said, Goodness Green, it's our first show. It's brought to you by, like say, your International Elite Sports Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the International Elite Sports Group a little bit before we get into the show? Sure, if you want me to. Uh, it, we put it together, and of course, if you look on our staff page on you know iesportsgroup.com, uh, you know you can go to the staff page and you can look on there and see that we we have a very wide variety of skill and uh, experience on there from you know NHL, European, uh, you know even MMA you know, self-defense, cardio. Uh, we have a group of, you know, our staff that are always available to anybody that comes in, uh, you know, to speak with and, and work with. And so that's what we wanted to do without without it being one of those uh, heavily, um, I guess the term would be marketed group. Uh, you know, each person there has experience at the higher levels and junior levels, et cetera. And so we always have our staff ready if, if they want to talk to them, talk to them. We don't limit it to one person, et cetera. Uh, we have one guy, uh, Liam Flanagan, uh, and Liam has taken on basically the player placement aspect. Uh, just because of my illness and everything else, um, I, I, I'm almost just like a traveling figurehead at this point. Um, but, you know, if we have players come in and I, I immediately get together with uh, – with Liam and say, okay, where can we place him? What can we do? And he is absolutely fantastic. He has lists uh, of like every youth player in France, let's say. And he has a list of where they are located, how to get in touch with them, what their experience level is, that whole thing. And so I say, okay, well, who better to know where this kid's going to fit in? So I, I literally almost just hand the whole file over to him and I say, run with it. Uh, and he places the players. Now, I've, I've placed 12 of them so far this year, just from the summer. Um, but I, you know, I, I haven't done it for the money in, in that aspect because I haven't gotten any. Uh, put a lot out, but haven't gotten a whole lot. But, um, you know, of course, you have to deal with that. You know, the, the repercussions of that when I get back to Florida. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's about the players. It's about getting them where they need to go and, and there's there's so many paths now in junior hockey that weren't there before, uh, you know, with the new uh, with the CIHL in in Canada, and of course they had the failed attempt at the one out in the West Coast, which was basically the the sister of this one, 
that they have yeah. gone. Um, and then, of course, AAUs, you know, becoming so prevalent in in the Midwest now, as well as the Southwest, which they, you know, pretty much dominate of the U.S. Um, you know, it's just a, there's a lot of confusion that's there that I think needs to be sorted through. And I don't understand how some of these parents and kids, et cetera, are, are able to handle all of that. So we want to be able to help them, uh, you know, with advisement, uh, you know, representation if they need it, but more the advisement aspect and, and say, okay, well, this is, this is what you can do from this level to move forward. You have to know exactly what it is you're looking for before you can actually go out and find it. And that's the difficult part. And I always say, if, if you're happy where you are, stay there, develop, you know, raise your own level. If not, then, you know, we can find you a place. But in this day and age, it's more than likely going to cost you because there are more in the U.S. Uh, what you call tier three teams, which is pay to play. And I guess the tier two here is considered pay to play. Uh, yeah, there's not many teams left that are, like, say, aren't pay to play. Like in the NLJHL, the only one is Abitibi. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see, up like you see, you get Northwestern Ontario. There's one or two teams uh, in the SIJHL, and when you get to Alberta, BC, a lot of it's you don't pay to play. But other than that, it's it's a uh, majority today is you're paying for your 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 son uh, t- to play junior hockey. Yeah. Now, did I hear correctly that the BC is actually charging now? No, not yet. Not yet. No. The next year, though, BC, right? BC and Alberta, they're, they're talking about it a little bit. But like I, I was talking to uh, one of the teams out there, their their coach and GM, uh, like say just before the hockey season, and he he said to me, he goes. He asks what the the budgets here are, and I'm not exactly sure, but I'm guessing they're probably about say 150 to a quarter of a million dollars for like say in Ontario mm-hmm. or BC. They're 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 going anywhere from 750 to to 1.2. Yeah, so they're, it, they're minor league teams out there, though. I mean, the BC league, yeah. in in my opinion, as far as like, you know that that tier of play uh, is is the top, in my opinion. Uh, you know, whether that be US or uh, Canada. I think they're the top one because they, wow, they just operate so well. And there's so many players that are prepared coming out of there. And I just, I, I like that league a lot. Oh, and just looking at the commitments from going to universities, it's, uh, it's number one in Canada coming out of BC and a little bit in Alberta, but more BC. And it's, it's, it's huge. It is. And it, it but they're they're one of the last, I guess, bastions, as you would say, of the the throwback to you know you want a spot, you earn it here. You don't you you can't buy your spot. It's not about whether you bring money in. It's really a matter of they they make their money by being able to advertise that they have the best players that are moving on, not that they have the best players that are just going to sit around, but they have the best players that are moving on. I'm really big on promoting that, and I, and I think that's what most of the leagues need to really focus on is where the players are going after. Um, but then again, you know, they, they do it for the money. So I'm kind of at a bit of a loss on that. I mean, you know, here in the, here in the CCHL, you know, of course it, it varies from team to team a bit, but in general, it, you know, it's, it's similar to the BC in that aspect because there's such a, a huge talent base here, uh, you know, around the Ottawa area, et cetera. Uh, you know, to pull from now the 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 Noge, the you know the No they they started charging what two three years ago I guess it was yeah um, and their travel alone is 
immense. You know, the, the cost for them to travel is so huge that um, they have to charge for those things. And they have a, a legitimate coach like in Kirkland, you know, with Mark up there, and he's an incredible coach uh, and, and a, a, a damn nice guy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't pull any punches with it. You're not performing, bye-bye. I mean, that's just it. And, and pay or not, you know, you, you pay for the privilege of putting on a Kirkland gold miners jersey and saying you're part of it. But if, well, exactly. but if you don't perform yeah. to it, you you may as well just enjoy wearing the jacket because your ass is headed home. And, oh, and that's that's exactly it. And like say with with the uh, knowledge, the, the other thing is is uh, like people who don't know the closest team is about six hours away from north of Toronto, mm-hmm. and some of them are almost eight hours away. We're eight hours away in Sault Ste. Marie and Kirkland Lake and Cochrane and Abitibia near Iroquois Falls mm-hmm. are about seven hours away from Toronto and. And and the biggest thing is last year they they put thirty kids to uh, the next level uh, post secondary. So to be to have like say that to have that many kids to go from the NOJHL to to school it, to me is huge. I agree. I I, I really liked the NOJHL league. Um, I, I'm not you know utterly uh, utterly enamored by their latest move, obviously. But you know I I think that could have some repercussions. But we'll see what happens there. I don't, I don't like the way that was handled. You know, being a hockey person, I don't like the way it was handled. But I don't know all of the inner workings of it either. So yeah, and and I think I think it happens. And I'm saying not in every league, but look at the Superior International Junior Hockey League last year. Uh, Minnesota is no longer in the in the in the league. So like I say, unfortunately, I go to like we were talking about the BCHL well, the Wisconsin, and Wisconsin Wisconsin Wilderness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they moved and, and they went to that. Yeah, and that whole rink yeah. shut down. Yep, not, the, 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 the owner had to walk away financially, and the town doesn't have have any minor hockey even. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, now that's a big kick right there. And it, to be honest with you, if USA Hockey doesn't take the opportunity to jump right back in there, somebody else will. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's exactly like we're with when it comes to junior hockey. I use in Canada, 129 teams across Canada. I say majority of them are in smaller communities. So that's why they're they're the top dog. Um, like say Kirkland Lake, there's you have minor hockey, but Kirkland Lake's the number one. Uh, Cochrane in, in in Ontario, you go to the Maritimes or even Quebec or all the way across Canada. Most of them are in smaller communities, so they're the top dogs in their city. So they they draw good crowds. Like Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, a little bit harder because you're 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 playing against uh, for uh, from the, the OHL, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, and you know what? Um, Thunder Bay does really well in that aspect because they, I'm going to date myself, but, uh, you know, back in the late 80s, uh, they had a senior men's team up there that was absolutely phenomenal and could have challenged any IHL team at the time uh, just from the people that came out of there. And they just wanted to stay there and, you know, work the farms and go to the bars and play hockey. That's, you know, it's all they really, <laughs> that was all they wanted to do and that's all they had to do. But they've always had a really strong youth organization in the Thunder Bay area to pull from, and they still do. But it's a they lost they lost the AAA midget team this year though. Right, and that's what I was getting to is the fact that now they're kind of cutting off their nose to spite their face because they got a little cocky about it and didn't think future. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of talented players up there. Obviously, I mean the stalls come from up there. 
Yep. Uh, you know, the prongers are what Dryden. So um, to me, that's about the same because uh, yep. it's nothing to travel an hour to play hockey, you know, uh, up in that area. And uh, it, it just, it, it's a shame because I think they're missing a lot of the boat in the junior aspect. But I think that the junior aspect needs to also be matched in with the youth development in the area as well, instead of always being the the big money maker. And I don't oppose anybody from making money, okay? But I think that there's an ethic that needs to be followed. And, you know, we've all swayed from one one time or another from that, but it, it's something that we're charged with as, as, you know, coaches, as representatives of the sport. You know, we at least need to have that bit of um, – Give back to what you got and, uh, you know, dance with, with who brung you. And like in Thunder Bay, they, like I said, they, they have a good, you know, junior program out there in the SI, which I, I like that league a lot, uh, as you well know. Um, I, I'm, I'm really sorry that they don't have more teams, that they weren't more forward thinking. But if you look at their history, they've had so many teams in and out, in and out. And the biggest cost is obviously ice time and travel. Well, in that area, as you know, because you're from the Sioux, it's not like here. I can I can go to to twelve different teams from where I am right now within an hour. Yeah, I, I can be in Ottawa in an hour, uh, you know, and and there's you know five teams there. So, you know, out in that area, you have to travel a lot. Now, the Sioux has has the the good aspect of it. It can also pull from the states because it's right there. Yeah, And there's two sides to the Sioux. A lot of people don't realize that. They think it's just Canadian. There's two sides to the Sioux, and they're very interconnected. And that's good because you've had the same basic coaches there coaching for the last 20 years. And everybody that comes out of there has been coached by those coaches. And that's good for the stability of the sport. But when you just pop in and pop out like a lot of these junior teams have, they, they come in, they decimate the youth program, and they say, gee, I can't figure out why this isn't working. And then, boom, they leave. Well, now they've decimated the junior program. And they've exactly. decimated the youth program. So I I think there just needs to be a little more on the uh, accountability side on that, I guess. Oh, and, that, and that's, like you say, going to the SI or, like, everywhere else. With, like you say, it's, you, have a, you have a junior program. It works for so many years. And you pull out, and then you have somebody else who's crazy enough. <laughs> because not too many people in junior hockey today are making money when it comes to owning a team. <laughs> to put a team back in a smaller community, then they have to knock on doors for sponsors. And then they have to knock on doors for billets. Um, so it, it, it's, it's hard to rebuild, a, like I say, I don't want to say trust, but trust in the it community is. that uh, coming in that we're going we're gonna to do the right thing to, uh, to, to help the for junior hockey. Mm. I, I totally agree with you on that. There's, there's not enough forethought on it. And of course, when you go into a, to an area and try to put in junior team, um, you got to have deep enough pockets to say, you know what, can I actually do this for two years on my own without any sponsorship? Um, and if you can, then you're going to feel a lot less pressure and you're going to actually, I believe, be able to move forward in a smart way as far as business, et cetera, and longevity. Because you're not depending on getting that check in August to get you through to December so you can get another check in January so you can get another check in March from sponsors uh, just to keep yourself going. And that a lot of people don't understand. That's why a lot of teams go out because there's not enough there in the base uh, at the beginning to actually get them through and they do it on projections. 
And, you know, anytime you base your economic situation with a team upon attendance or sponsorship, you are totally lost. You're not going to do it. I know that from experience. It's just not going to work at that point. Uh, you know, if you work totally on projections, you're, you're going to cause a problem and you're going to have problems. And that's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to the community. It's not fair to yourself. You know, if you go to a game and you're always stressed out because you're not sure exactly, you know, what's going to happen, yeah, that could be a problem. I mean, that's what happened there in Mattawa. It's it's a shame. I mean, I you know, I like Mattawa. I like the place, uh, you know, but you know, I grew up on a farm, so you can do that math. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I like the people there. Uh, love the feel of the rink, even if it is cold as heck. Um, and I thought Dave was doing it absolutely phenomenal job there i mean i sat back and literally watched him running around he did almost everything and to see that pulled out uh especially this time of the year and the way things were going i i was flabbergasted i guess would be the best way to put that um it just seemed uh, it seemed like he was kind of set up to fail uh just so they could do something and i you know again i don't know what the what the whole makeup of the thing is, and I hope they get it all sorted out, obviously. But, you know, I, I, I of course, have my own personal issue with that, but that's uh, that's on a different end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, I don't begrudge, the, like, you know, Tim with the CIHL and things like that. I, I, I don't begrudge them for putting in a new product or bringing in a new product. I think the aspect of of that or the danger that you may have of that is that with hockey Canada, there's a bite to their bark. If they tell you they're going to bite you, you can damn well rest assured they're going to bite you. So yeah. if you screw up, you're going, you're going right to the Chateau de Bow Wow. I mean, there's no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts. They'll sanction your, your team. They'll take it. They'll do whatever they have to do. But with the new league, that's not a threat. That there, there's no, you know, hey, we're going to lose a team. It's like, ah, you know, I made my money and roll on. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest difference, you know, with, with those kind of things. USA Hockey went through the same thing when they took away their tier three stuff. And they said, okay, everybody's pay to play. You're now, you're now tier three. And we really don't want to hear from you. Uh, you know, you just, they just pass it on to other people. You know, little Jimmy needs his money back because he's gone and he's not happy where he is, blah, blah. Don't bother calling USA Hockey anymore. They're, they're going to tell you. You signed an agreement with them. You know, the agreement is that you get a percentage back after this date for this amount, et cetera. That's it. Um, you don't have that, that option with, like, a CIHL team. You paid your money. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to it. Yeah, but on, uh, I use on the other hand, and I, I guess uh, I'll defend as the Greater Metro Hockey League with Bob Russell. You know what? That's um, he's he's been doing he's been doing it for ten years, and Bob, like I say, it's it's working. It, what they're doing is working. Um, but he's the, the credit I give him is he's been up front since the start, and he's his his guys and I like I say I deal I deal with a couple of the teams and talking to a few more teams right now for Junior Hockey Network, but. He 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 does he he's putting a product on the ice, but he's telling you up front exactly how the inners and outers are working. And I find with other some other leagues, there's you only get to hear certain things. Yeah, uh, the GMHL is an, an interesting. Um, wow, they they really are their own landscape. Um, Bob and his brothers, 
I forget his brother's name. Yeah, me too. Anyway, the Russell brothers, <laughs> um, along with, uh, well, now it's uh, Sylvain Cloutier's yep. coaching there in, um, in Bradford with the Rattlers. Uh, let's see, Mike Fish, an absolutely incredible guy if you've ever talked to him. I, I, I could talk to him all day. He's just, he's fun. He's a fun guy. He knows his stuff. He worked for the Russells for a few years and put together a lot of championship teams, running both teams, yep. sometimes three. And he just, you know, now he's the uh, the owner and chief cook and bottle washer from uh, uh, Knights of Meaford. Yep. And I've sent some players to him just because I, I know that they're going to get treated right. He has them on ice three hours a day, every day. Okay? Well, you can't, I don't care what money you're paying to go to a program. When you're getting three hours of practice ice a day, plus a gym, etc., to me, that's the best investment you can make because you're getting the coaching, you're getting the ice time, and at this level, you're lucky to get ice sometimes at 10 o'clock at night for an hour. Oh, and that's that's the biggest thing. And I, I use another one, Ryan Wood with Tottenham Steam. First-year team, he wor- he works with the Russells. Mm-hmm. He's, he's running Tottenham Steam. They're in first place. Um, they just picked up two former uh, OHLers. Um, it, it's, and the thing is, that's the thing. The kids are still going. They're doing their schooling. A lot of them are doing it online, or some of them are older. But like I say, they're they're in the gym. They're on the ice. When they, when they sign on the dotted line, they know what the whole program is from start to finish. Where we have, like I say, one or two teams here in the north and like Blind River, small community. It's the first year that kids are living in Blind River. But I use where. Up until last year, they're only on the ice one or two times a week, so it's it's, it's hard for a program mm-hmm. to, like you say, to be on the ice at a junior level to compete. Blind River's starting to bring in some players, change, but you got to be on the ice four to five times a week yes. for at least an hour and a half to two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I now this is where I obviously go in a little bit of a different direction on this, having been on the coaching side of it. I ran the, the junior practices the same way I ran the pro rec pro practices. And that was, I don't need an hour and a half of your time on the ice. I need 45 minutes of your time on the ice. I need you full bore all out for 45 minutes. And I'll give you the last 15 to work on games of rebound, to work on face-offs, to work on the other things. But that 45 minutes, because you can have three hours of ice and, and, and waste it so easily, so easily. And you have to have the brain fresh and you have to have, you know, I, I say 45 minutes flat out every day is much better than three hours every day where you're standing around for 10 minutes in between drills as they explain it. Because to, to do a practice plan for, for three hours, you have you have to have a good team. Obviously, Mike Fish, where he is, has a very good team put together of what they're going to do with their own ice. He's very adamant about that. And, of course, he, he had a couple cups of coffee in the O. You know, so he's not a stranger to what it takes to get to the next level. Um, and he's helped promote a lot of kids. But, you know, when I talk to the kids that I bring in from Europe and I tell them, you know, you can always go to Mike and you're going to get so much ice time, you're not even going to know. Because those kids over there are lucky to get an hour of ice two times a week. Exactly. And they're traveling, you know, hundreds of miles just to get it. And then they come over here and they're like, no, three hours on ice every day and the gym's there and the team's located there. Everything's, you know, within that reach. And, of course, Mike did all that under the Russells. 
So, you know, he has that background there and he's won championships with it. So, you know, you, you talk about the Tottenham team and I don't, I don't follow them as much obviously because they're new, but uh, you know, for them to be in the position they're in, I mean, Russell's hit it out of the park again. I mean, what do you, you know, what, what can you say about it? Exactly. Um, but they, there's also teams that operate in that, in that league that just shouldn't be operating. But Bob hasn't made any, you know, he, he tells you exactly what it is. I make money doing this. You know, this is how yep. we make our living. And if the other team doesn't want to run themselves properly, that's on the other team, not not the yep. whole league. So that's kind of odd. I mean, just like the game this weekend, I, you and I briefly talked about 21 to nothing. Uh, yeah. I, I just – I don't think that's good for the game. Not good for the league. It's not, yeah, it's not good for the league. It's not good for the kids. <clears throat> if I were a parent and had a kid in that program, I'd have them out of it. I'd be begging, pleading, standing on somebody's doorstep, give me my money back, you're a joke. Uh, you know, and I just, uh, that's where I'd like to see the Russell step in and say, okay, you know, you, you've, been, you've been pushing shit for the last three years, enough's enough. You know, either sell the team or we're going to shut her down. You know, one yeah. of those things. Because that, I mean, where that is, obviously, I, I think they need to, they have a good hockey history there. Uh, you know, Mo Mantha's from there. Um, exactly. Bertuzzi's from up in that area. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have they have some players that have come through there that are good, uh, but not in the GMHL good. That, that was from the old Noge that was there. And, yeah. and Sturgeon Falls is a nice little community there, um, you know, right along the right along the lake, just, yep. you know, not too far from Blind River, not too far from North Bay, you know, a good fit. I think they would fit better in the Noge, but um, it's, I just think, you know, 21 nothing getting beat 21 nothing is just, uh, that's disgraceful. And I, I don't know any other way to put that. And, I mean, having coached, I would have been furious um, because I would not do that to another team or coach or players or whatever. The only way I would do that is if the other team were really being, uh, uh, try not to say that word, but I'm going to, if they were really being pricks out there, then you know what? We're going to stick it to you because if you're going to bend us over, we're going to bend you over and that's how it goes. So now it's 21, nothing. Ha ha. Okay, so now I feel satisfied for at least 20 minutes and on the way back going, yeah, we toasted them. And then I, it, it would hit me. Shit, I probably shouldn't have done that because it looks bad on us. It looks bad on the whole league. Exactly. But you also can't do your recruiting by inviting the Mexican national team to be your representative. You know, the, the, the U16 or U18 or the Mexican national team is not – going to be able to compete in Canada on a regular basis. And if you look at that roster, those kids and parents have been sold a bad bill of goods. Because, you know, as I said, you got Jackie Moon there. And if you don't know who Jackie Moon is, you know, watch the watch the show where he does, uh, you know, he's the the owner, the, the president, the general manager, the coach and the power forward for the tropics. You know, he, he does all those things, you know, trades players for, you know, clothes washers and dryers, that kind of thing. That's that's the Bush League stuff that nobody needs. And 
it just really makes the league look bad. And it makes the sport look bad. And the, to be honest with you, the fact that that's allowed in Canada, you know, I'm, I'm American, but the fact that's allowed in Canada absolutely shocks me. Because the one thing you could always depend on was the people in Canada weren't going to put up with that. They, they are very tolerant, very nice people. Don't mess with their hockey. No. <laughs> I mean, not that, at all. that's just how it is. Our, that's a basic truth. Like people, like we, we, I was talking to somebody the other day. They say lacrosse is Canada's national sport, oh. but re- re- realistically, hockey is, uh, like you say, more or less a, our national sport. And it's uh, no matter where you go, it doesn't matter if it's at the, the midget level, novice. Hockey, it's, uh, hockey is a religion in Canada. It yeah. really is. I went to uh, Carlton Place this past weekend to watch a game. Uh, Brockville Braves against the uh, Carlton Place. Now, I'd never been to Carlton Place. New people that have been there, obviously. Guys that have played for me, that played there. Long history of this league. It was one of the smaller rinks, obviously. But at the same time, it was packed. Now, here we are on a Sunday afternoon. And that place is absolutely packed. And they weren't selling beer. And so, you know, in the U.S., if you're not selling beer, you're not getting fans. In Canada, you know what? I'll bring an extra jacket and sit in a cold rink. They don't care about that. They, they, you know, it's the only time I ever see a Canadian pass up beer is when there's hockey that they could go watch instead. They, they figure they can drink before or drink after. Doesn't matter. Don't interrupt me during the hockey. And it was it was packed, and I was I was literally sitting there looking around and just a grin on my face. And these people are getting into junior hockey, just like they would the, the Maple Leafs or the Senators or anybody else. And, you know, some of these people um, been doing it a long time. We went to the game on Friday night. It was, uh, it was a back-to-back, obviously, Carlton at Brockville. And before the game, they did a moment of silence, obviously. Um, and that one, I, I, that's a tough one. Having been in the military myself and, you know, knowing the people I know in Canada, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to have a gun in Canada, but it's unfortunate that a military person doesn't have a gun um, but that they need it in Canada. I, I just I, yeah. I find that hard to. I, I've I've worked with you know Canadian, uh, you know government and and military and uh, that that one hits me even uh, because I just uh, I hate I hate to hear that see that anything and you know I so said who the hell would attack Canada? I mean what a dumbass thing to do. Uh, you know, you don't want to piss off the nicest people in the act, you know, in, in the allied forces. I mean, they clearly, you know, you just don't. Uh, sorry for getting off on that. But they did a moment. No of, they did a moment of silence. They also had a moment of silence for a guy that was uh, 56 years old, died of a heart attack. But he had been to every home and away game since 19. 19- 82 or 83 or something. Now, I mean, that's that's amazing. There's teams that haven't been around that long. And this guy went to every home and away game. I, he was at every home game, okay, season ticket all the day. No, he went to every away game as well. Okay, That means he is the team. He's as exactly. much of that team as the players that have come through, the coaches, the managers, the owners. And that's what people forget about, is they forget about the fans in that. They're, that's where it really comes down to, uh, is th- the support that you're going to get. And, of course, you know, 
I'm very happy with the attendance that they get. Um, but there's some places in, in hockey that aren't getting that attendance, and I'd, I'd like to see them become more of the community. Well, and that's exactly like going back to you saying Carlton Place. Mm-hmm. They lost They lost in the final this year, or I guess not this last year, year, but yeah. last year uh, in the final of the national championship, the RBC Cup, So, and coming from Carlton Place. So it wasn't, uh, like you say, <clears throat> with so many teams in that area, to go right to the finals, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. It is, and it's it's a lot of support from the community. Like I said, it's easy to get behind a winning team. It's much easier to get behind a team that's part of the community, and that's what you want to do. You want to ingrain those people into the community. That's why I think some of the smaller places work better than some of the larger ones because there's less distraction. I mean, if you go to Ottawa, what else are you going to do on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Um, you know, I I had the pleasure of you know playing bingo and. Uh, you know, on a Friday night when there was no game, and I thought that was just absolutely thrilling. Uh, you know, but it's like you're playing TV bingo, and they treat it there like it's uh, you know, like hey, uh, we're going down and we're gonna we're gonna play TV bingo. You know, like <laughs> yeah. okay, and you got to go to the pizza shop to get your bingo cards because God forbid you be able to get them exactly where you are at the Legion, right? I mean, you shouldn't yeah. be able to do that. Uh, so you might have the chance of getting a pizza while you're in. You know, I, it's just amazing. And uh, I love that, you know. Oh, and that's and that's going back. I use going back to the NLJHL here. Uh, LA Lake, uh, like you say, an expansion team because with uh, LA Lake moving to Cochrane, Ryan Leonard, but with LA Lake, I guess as an expansion team, they've been here to the Sioux. They they come with twenty to forty people. Even Blind River being in last place in the NLJHL, they're still there, and with only one Sioux boy on the team. They're still bringing 20, 30 people up from Blind River driving an hour and a half to watch, to watch a game. And I know they're going up to Elliott Lake. That's an hour away, too. Mm-hmm. And, and they're traveling just to support the team. And they're as loud as, as the Sioux St. Marie the Thunderbird fans. Wow. Well, so it, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, that community base. And Nathan Hewitt is doing this. I mean, the team that ever let him go, uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Foolish. Absolutely. Yeah, fo- was it? Foolish. Yep. Oh, where's Cumberland at right now in the standings? Uh, not sure. I'll tell you in two shakes of a leg's land there, though. But like I say, he's he's doing. I I talked to him probably once or twice a Did week you? at least, and uh, he's a uh, he's uh, he's doing a great job up there. And even the community, like um, I bugged Todd Stencil, the GM. He's been he's been around about half the teams in the NLJHL, and uh, he's from Elliot Lake, and uh, they're doing a great. Great job with their board of directors, like you say, was thrown together in seven weeks. Wow! And uh, they're they're having a like I say a, a, hell, a hell of a season. And again, going up there with eleven thousand people in the old mining community and putting a team on, and they're sitting in the middle of the standings. It's 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 huge. Yeah, and that's and that's a success story that you need to have. Um, Cumberland actually is six and thirteen out of twenty-one games with one shootout loss. They have thirteen points on the season. Um, they're two and seven away, four and six at home. Canada's the Canada and Kentville are the ones below them. Actually, Kentville's above them. So Canada's only won three games this year. Uh, you know, they used. I still refer to them as the Stallions, and I keep having to correct myself. Yep. Um, because that's just always what I've known. Um, but they have an owner there that I believe also owns Altamonte. Is that correct? 
I think so. Jeff Jeff Hutchins? Hutchings? I'm not sure of the name. Okay. But I mean, you know, Kanata's always been a pretty pretty good powerhouse. I mean, they've had some top players come out of there. You know, Jimmy Howard, guys like that, right? Exactly. Um, so for them to be, you know, three and fourteen, and from what I understand, I haven't been to a game. My my uh, my friend up there has. He lives in Kanata, Stittsville area, and he said they're lucky to have twenty people in a game right now. I just I'm shocked by that. Because Kanata's like always been around. But if you can't get past 20 or 40 people, I don't care how much money you got. You're not going to sit there and bleed that one out for long. No. So you got to at least start winning a few games. You can't uh, you can't rest well, on par- your laurels. And, and parents and people like yourself who help place, place kids, like you say, and seeing that, it's like no matter what, I, I played all, like say, all the way through. And when people say you don't recognize who's in the stands, when you have 40 people in the stands. You recognize them. And, and you had three to four hundred cheering for you. It's 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 huge, and even more if you have like a Uzziah Lake or Blind River or Carlton Place, where they're traveling back and forth to watch games, mm-hmm. and you see the rivalry in the stands, fans cheering back and forth. It pumps you up as a player even more. Yeah. And you know yeah. them. They they stand there and cheer for you when you get off the ice, win or lose. You know they pat you on the arm or shoulder. They want to be there when you're getting on the ice. They want to be there when you're getting off the ice. And uh, you know it's. To have that ability in those, I guess, smaller communities, you also are part of the community. Now, I, I wish Blind River the best, obviously, because I know they're they're not just sitting back waiting for things to happen. But I'm I'm afraid they're just not they're just not getting it done. And until they do, it's going to be like that. Because Blind River, I mean, it, again, there's another place that's been around forever and associated with hockey. But uh, it's tough to put players in in those places. Well, and that's and that's exactly it. Like Warren, Warren, like you say, the GM mm-hmm. and Don. Yeah, like I say, Don's been around for ages. Yeah. Um, and it's something like I, I talked to uh, the, the player Jacob Ovenu from from the Sioux, who's playing down there, and he's adjusting to like living in Blind River. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going back, and I'm I guess I shouldn't say this, but I use junior hockey above board, and I shouldn't say just junior hockey, even major junior hockey. Is when we played, if somebody said, okay, you're going to play in Blind River, or you're going to play in uh, Fort Francis, or in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. we went. Yeah. Today, today, and I shouldn't say kids, but kids and parents and everything else, there's so much to choose from yep. that, yep. It, 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 on the other hand, it, it's hurting a little bit, because there's so many places to choose from, so... So when you go into Blind River, if I my 16 year old who plays high school hockey is here in Sault Ste. Marie, and I said, well, Blind River's interested in you. I'm saying I'd say if you want to play junior hockey and that's where you're going, you're going there. Yeah. Where yeah. unfortunately today, everybody's there. It, 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 Sorry, you can draft me to the NHL, but I'm not going. Why? Because yeah. I don't like the team. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> like you, you're going to the best league in the world, and now you're going to say, nope, don't want to go there because they're not the best team. Oh, mackerel. Some, sometimes I'd rather have a, a player on a team like that because you're, you're going to. He might be. He might be. You go to a higher team. He might be a fourth liner, or in Blind River, he might be first or second liner. Get the experience. I think Blind River and, and Mattawa, within like say by the end of the season or next season, they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be middle of the pack in the NLJHL. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that, and. I think that's what a lot of players, parents, coaches, et cetera, advisors forget is that, and of course that varies by, uh, you know, position. Um, 
you know, like with goalie, which, which my son is, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Um, there's only two spots on each team, basically. And, you know, if you look at it from the NHL aspect, there's, you know, let's say 30 teams. So there's, you know, 60 goalies. So to be one of 60 is quite an accomplishment. Uh, you know, to be able to go to a team like, let's say, Blind River, uh, you know, Mattawa, uh, you know, Kirkman Lake is, is a, I mean, they just do well. Um, but to say that you're going to be going to that team, you'd say, well, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Okay, but you're going to get so much ice time. And you're going to get the proper coaching, and you're you're going to be playing in a in a good you know solid league. That makes a heck of a difference. But nowadays you hear guys say, "Nope, I don't want to go there." Um, and you, you know you have to say, "But you're going to get like the majority of the ice time, and you're going to develop." Well, I I just don't like it. I don't like it. It's too far away. I don't like the community. I don't blah blah blah. Holy mackerel! Go play the game. You know, go play the game. Be happy you have somebody that actually wants you. Yeah. Exactly, and that's and that's going, I guess, into I'm looking here a little bit of the, t- the top twenty for the CJHL, yeah. where you you have yeah the Porter Terriers, where like say they're not a main community, they're sitting at number one plus they're hosting the RBC Cup this year. So like he, well, they, I that's use, right, they do have the Cup this year, don't they? Yeah, and and I use like I use the Sioux Thunderbirds, and not trying to be whatever because they're from I'm from the Sioux. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week they're sitting at fourteen, they're sitting at eight. They lost some big players last year, and the thing is is they're moving back up. They had number one spot for the second half of the season, so it use it. It doesn't mean you have to be in the big communities to uh, to be to, to that to be playing. Yeah, well, look at number five. You see, I don't know if you have the list in front of you. Yeah, Woodstock. Like, like, do you know anybody that's ever played on that team? Honestly, actually, actually I, oh, I don't uh, ruin kid, this for me. Kid from the Sioux. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Look, every team's got a kid from the Sioux. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I used to to tell my guys, unless you have a guy that has a Polish background, a native background, and a French background, you don't have a team yet. you got to have all three of those to have a team. Sorry, it's just the way it is. If you want to win a championship, just make sure you got that. And we have all that in the Sioux. Yeah. And and right there, it's it's just this. It's like build. It shouldn't be the Sioux. It should be the soup because everything's mixed in. There it is. We're a melting pot. It, it, it really is. It really is. Um, but Woodstock, I mean, I know who they are, but that's only because I've been pretty ingrained in hockey for a while. But if I go, say, to Florida and say the Woodstock Slammers or even Michigan, go back to Michigan, they're going to be like, the who? The, the Woodstock Slammers. You know, they're they're ranked fifth in Canadian junior hockey. People oh, feel like you had two heads. But going back, the Maritimes Hockey League has one in the top rankings with Woodstock, and they still they have two in the honorable mentions this week. So to me, that that's huge having three teams out of twenty. Oh, pick two counties. out of twenty five. Pick two county weeks crushers. Excuse me. Where in God's creation is pick two county weeks crushers? Exactly. You know, but if God bless them, they're kicking ass and taking names. Because now yeah. you're going to know who they are, even if that is one of the longest names I've ever heard for a team. Exactly. Like you say, we were, and at the start of the show, we talked about the BCHL. They have three, but you're going back that SI has one, NO has two. They had three last week. Um, where the CHL, CCHL, and like I said, BCHL, 
they they may make five out of the fifteen, but some of these smaller leagues are have three or four teams that are uh, mm. in the top twenty with the five honorable mentions on top of that. Mm. Like if I asked a lot of a lot of hockey people, where's Winkler? I know Manitoba, yeah. and then they're sitting at twelfth, and they were honorable mentions last week. Yeah, I see that Kindersley Clippers in the Saskatchewan. See, uh, well, let me let me run through them. Uh, Portage Terriers first. That's out of the uh, Manitoba. They yep. they lost in the finals last year. They won. No, they uh, they lost last year. Okay, but they're hosting this year for the RBC. Yep, incredible! What a great way to build the community. Just like oh, I, exactly. I, I know that uh, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get to it. Penticton V's the BC. Again, I still think the BC is the best league. Um, I, I just I, I've never seen a bad BC team. No, oh. um, Carlton Place. There you go. I was just there this past weekend. Uh, you know, CCHL. Uh, they've been around for a long time. They have a great support there. Notre Dame Hounds. That uh, that's a storied franchise. They were second oh. last week, but dropped the fourth. They must they must have had one period where they were outscored. Yeah, and the long long history, uh, like say. Up there, that's for sure. Yeah, Woodstock Slammers, we just talked about that, and that's in the Ma- uh, Maritimes. Uh, good hockey up there, but boy, is there not a lot of travel. Um, let's see, the Trenton Golden Hawks, uh, you know, they're from that, what, Trenton, Kingston, and uh, Wellington. They're all within 25 minutes of each other or something. And plus, and plus you're also dealing with Belleville and Peterborough <laughs> and the OHL right in that area. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, at that point, you know, when – Attracting fans-wise, you're going to attract it because they're winning. You know, they're doing exactly. something right. And um, let's see, Camrose, the Kodiaks in the Alberta. Uh, don't know a lot about them. I will look that up, though. Sue Thunderbirds, never heard of them. Uh, no, neither. <laughs> has there ever been a, a year that the Sue Thunderbirds haven't been in the top 20? Since 99, uh, if it has, maybe once or twice. And I'm being, uh, being in, uh, like, say, generous on that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're playing safe, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. No, just, I mean, just and that, incredible. And, incredible. And then I, I, go, I go back to, like, say, here with Albert Jaomi and Joanne Brooks, who are, I guess, say, the two owners. Mm-hmm. Neither one have kids in playing in the organization. They love the game. Just two business people, and they give, they, they give back to the community, and that's – and they use Jordan Smith. He's a part-time coach. He's a carpenter yeah. for as as a job. And the product that he's putting on the ice, along with uh, Kyle Rib, Kyle Brick, and um, Ryan Monu as assistants, and Jeremy Rebick, great staff. So then the putting you talk to the kids here. I use Isaac. He, Isaac Demastro came from uh, the Greater Metro last year, loving it in Sault Ste. Marie. I know that name. How do I know that name? Did he, he play playing play? somewhere else? Uh yeah, I think he's big, in the O. I think big kid. Yeah, or the Isaac's Wait. actually six five. I'm trying to remember. He's either playing for Carlton or Brockville. Big kid. Yep. Big. Kid. But like I said, the but the, I use. <clears throat> but I use the the program is, is is doing so well. Underneath the table. I'm a, I have my right hand here. Look that up. But uh, Cougars of Sherbrook, an LHJQ team. There's two of those in the top 20. And they, they were 15th last week in their ninth. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't take long. No. Uh, I don't know as much about that league as I'd like to, but I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm trying to. Okay. 
I'm trying to, you know, catch up on that one. Well, and I, but I use you talked to the, about the Quebec Junior Hockey League. We we hear about the, the major junior hockey league, mm-hmm. um, but if you ask hockey people, a lot of people probably don't even know that there's a junior A hockey league in Quebec. Right. Just because you don't you don't hear a lot about it, and even the Maritimes, for a fact. Yeah, you always hear about the AAA programs, and that's it. Yeah. Or or major junior. They really exactly. don't hear much about it. Uh, Spruce Grove. Alberta Junior Hockey League. They've always, you know, put up a good product. Kindersley Clippers, Saskatchewan. The Winkler Flyers you were talking about there. Yep. Uh, you know, unless you're a hockey person, you generally don't ever hear of a place called Winkler. But oh. I've known for years, you know, somebody says Winkler, I don't think of Henry, I think of Manitoba. <laughs> and also, I use Winkler has a history with uh, Theo Fleury played a lot of his hockey there. Well, there you go. So I use that, like you say, for, for Winkler, that's, uh, like you say, that, that that's huge, where Winkler, unless you live in that area, you don't know what Winkler, uh, Manitoba is. Right. I, I always thought Manitoba was where you could open a door and watch your dog run away for about two days. Exactly. And still see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And every now and then yeah. he pulls up a little sign and waves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God bless everybody in uh, Manitoba, by the way. Uh, and like you say, sitting at 13 is Fort Francis, and you guys had a little experience. Yeah. Yeah, we really like Fort Francis as a community. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, my son was up there, and we still are friends with some of the people that were up there that, you know, kept an eye on him and stuff. But just, they check on him, we check on them. We always follow the Lakers. Uh, Wayne Strain up there. He's, he, the best thing about Wayne is he's always willing to do something to get better. So you, oh, exactly. you don't have to worry about that with him. He he literally does that. And whether I think he makes right moves or wrong moves, obviously, it does not make a difference. He knows what he needs to do to get the results on the ice. And, you know, if you force his hand, he'll do it. Now, is that coming from a hockey guy or from a father's point of view? Oh, uh, that's a hockey guy. That's, <laughs> that's actually is a hockey guy. I um, Well, father's point of view is totally different. I said, you're you're foolish. But, you know. I, but like I say, I, t- I talk, to, I communicate with Wayne usually by email, mm-hmm. and like I say, he's doing a hell of a job up there. Yeah, I like talking on the phone, um, but he will communicate. Yeah. Um, no, I think he does a fantastic job up there. Um, you don't always make what's called popular moves, and knowing that as a coach uh, or even as a parent, you know, there's times you got it. Unfortunately, it's no, you're not. That's not working, and so you move on. But uh, no, he's. I think he does a great job up there. And look oh, at the product he's put on. They won last year in the in the uh, the Dudley. Yeah. And so for people to say, and I and I have heard this from the CCHL, the NOJ, OJ, you know, all oh, the, the the SIJHL is really Junior B. Okay. Well, the Junior B team that kicked your ass last year and won the Dudley, uh, you know, probably doesn't think so. So you don't have to have 38 teams to be a strong league. You have to have strong teams from the league. So whether well, that exactly. be five or whether that be ten, they still need to be able to compete. And luckily with, with Fort Francis, Wayne Strain is getting a job done. Oh, and that's the, for people who don't know, Fort Francis, you're looking two hours of the Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. Thunder Bay to Sault Ste. Marie's seven and a half, eight hours on a good day, mm-hmm. and another eight hours to Toronto. 
So we're looking 18 hours north and only six hours out of Winnipeg in the middle of nowhere, and they're putting a product on the ice. They are, and, and a good product. Yeah. And, of course, Wayne's never happy. So that kind of helps, to be honest. Well, it's true. He's never happy with okay. He, he doesn't settle for mediocre. You know, and Minnesota is not ranked here, but Minnesota Iron Rangers are giving them a run for their money I this year. I gotta tell you, I'm shocked that, that Minnesota is not on there, but I think it's literally only because they're in the USA. Yeah. But people forget that they're actually part of Hockey Canada. But yeah, yeah I, that, I would put them up there with with the Lakers as far as that goes. I I don't know that, if I'd have them above Aurora, but maybe in the bottom two of the twenty. Oh, and that's or even honorable mention yeah. where I use if you talk to Wayne. That's the only thing that's frustrating him right now is uh, is to how to how to conquer uh, how to conquer them. Yeah, yeah, the Iron Rangers. But you know they do have a good team and they got good support there, obviously. Um, but you know, I'm trying to think the uh, the English River team uh, or Ear River Falls. It depends on who you ask. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know the the miners. Um, they're kind of touch and go. They they seem to win against a team every now and then, and then they get blown out the next, and then they win again. And I don't know. It's kind of a kind of an enigma team. So they they might actually be in a bit of a spoiler role if it comes down to it. So I I wouldn't knock them totally out of it. Oh, and that's and that's exactly it. I'm going back to going back up to uh, the NOJHL. Where the Thunderbirds and Blind River were playing a couple weeks ago, I didn't get to the game till halfway through, and Blind River was up three two wow. on the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Thunderbirds squeaked it out in double overtime, but it's like English River—you don't know spoilers on what can happen. Yeah. Well, we were in Mattawa, and uh, they took uh, what team was that? They double overtime. The Sioux. The Sioux. The Sioux. Yep. Double overtime. I, I was I, I was at that game. I mean, that's a game that I'll always be. Hey. I was at that game. What game? Well, it was double overtime. The Sioux, who lead the league, and Mattawa, who won one game by, you know, pure luck almost. Now they're at and, two. Yeah. yeah. Well, they took away the one. Yep. I, I don't understand all that. But. So, like I say, now we're at 14. We're looking at Niamh Clippers from BC. They were 17th last week. Yeah, what a big job. And, of course, there's Kirkland. They're, they've been up there. Well, have they been off that list since Mark's been up there? Don't think so. I have to tell you, as a, as a coach, as as a former you know coach, as a former general manager at the pro level, if I were putting a team together, the first person I'd call is Mark. And I'd say, Mark, you interested? Get in here and do it. Because he really – he's a guy who's got his shit together. He he doesn't play around when it comes to it. They got, they got curfew up there and – there's not a whole lot to do in Kirkland Lake, I will tell you no. that. But, um, you know, you're there for the hockey and for the hockey experience. And if you mess up in the public up there, the owners know it, the coach knows it, the guy that cleans the toilets knows it, everybody knows it. Um, so that can be good, that can be bad. But I think it works out really well because he runs a tight ship. And if you screw up up there, he, he'd say goodbye to you. If he doesn't like you anymore, he's done with you. Exactly. And that's the way I like juniors to be. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like being in the situation and I, I've been in before where, you know, the owner's kid has to play on the team kind of thing. And then, you know, he's either A, not the best player, you know, B, too hyped up on drugs, C, uh, you know, doesn't show up for practice, or D, 
nobody even likes them. But, you know, they say, oh, you got to play them. Well, they don't have that up there. No. And they shouldn't have it anywhere like that. But it still happens. I think it happens more in the States than it does in uh, in Canada, though. But I, I go I go back to Kirkland. Uh, they, they went up against the Thunderbirds uh, last April in uh, in the NOJHL final, and they upset uh, they upset the Thunderbirds. So I say Mark's doing something right in uh, in Kirkland Lake. Yeah, yeah. He just has a has a newborn too. He's trying to trying to figure out whether the, the kid's a Toronto fan or a Montreal fan. So I'll, I'll wish Mark uh, the best on that one. On either one of them, I don't know about. But yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I'll, I'll wish him the best on that. I guess you take the lesser of two evils. Exactly. <laughs> that was the best sign I saw. If Hamilton gets a team, Toronto's going to want one too. Exactly. <laughs> or their second team. Imagine if, imagine if they get their second team oh. in Toronto and that team does really oh. well. Oh, I yeah, that's for a different time. Wow. Exactly. Uh, so now we go to Chilliwack Chiefs in the BC, another BC team. Yeah, rookie coach and Jason Tatamarak. Uh, he came from out east, um, like you say, but again. New coach, new program. Can't complain at being like they dropped five spots from eleven to sixteen, but still they're they're doing quite well out there. Yeah, and and for a for a new coach, uh, you know, to come in and and put a team in the top twenty that quickly, that really says something. And and even to get an honorable mention says something because they don't look at just how your record is; they look at the entire makeup of the organization. Yeah, and. Uh, no, so that's that's a huge one on them. And what was his name again, the coach there? Uh, Jason uh, Tatum Tatumarak. You'd probably get mad at me for pronouncing it wrong, but, <laughs> but it, like, see, he came from. He he's, he he was out in the East Coast, and now like say they brought him they brought him in uh, uh, late late last spring, and uh, like you say he's uh, he's doing well out there for them. Right. So and like I say the next one we're going back to the CCHL with like you say Ottawa Junior Senators long history there. Uh, they moved up one spot from 18 to 17. So, again, a lot of competition in the CCHL, but they're doing well out there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they get a pretty good draw out there, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, they, they draw pretty well. And like I say, you know, to, to draw well in Ottawa, you got to be doing something right because there's loads of options. Exactly. Plus, you got the Senators on top of it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you At this time of year, you also now have their football team back. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to compete with out there when you're drawing with uh, so many teams. Got, uh, Gatineau right across the river, or Hull, you know the uh, the Olympics. Yep. Um, they have a- Aurora's in there. Uh, honorable mention last week and 18 this week. So they're so in the, the- they're in the OJ. Um, OJ's kind of kind of an odd duck this year because I, I don't see a lot of their teams. Jump into the forefront. No, and, and I'm used to seeing that. Oh, and plus also we and I use going back to Northern Ontario. There's five kids that played in the OJ last year that are up playing uh, in Northern Ontario this year so far, and that's and that's just and that's at the starting the season. There's also been trades since the starting the season, but that's five kids that that came up. Two returned, I say, home to Northern Ontario, but three came up, and there, there's more since then. A few have gone up to the SI. Where like say a lot of like I say it's a lot of movement down there right now. Right. Georgetown, also in the OJ, they were nineteen. They just stay exactly where they are. Yep. I don't know a lot about that team. I apologize. No, and um, like you say, and I'm going way back, and like I say, dating ourselves. 
I, I remember uh, when I was involved, let's say, in, in my late teens, early 20s with the junior B team down there in the management end of it. And they, they were they were a junior B team back then. Mm-hmm. And like I say, they've been part of junior, like I say, junior A for uh, for years. But again, it's something you just don't hear a lot of. At Georgetown, you have so many teams around that area. You have Aurora, you have Georgetown, you have the, all the, the all the Toronto teams. There's so many. But you're pulling you're pulling from like say in the area of seven million people. Yeah. But to, to 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 be ranked at 19th compared to some of the other teams that are in that area too, that that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then, of course, Collège Français de Longueuil. Um, you know, another Your French is better than mine. <laughs> coming from Florida, <laughs> I spent a lot of time with some uh, with some of my teammates. Uh, I actually helped uh, a couple of years coaching in uh, Gatineau with the summer program that uh, Michel Valier has up there. I always tested myself when I went to Tim Hortons the first week. I'd always have to order in English, and they'd get my they'd get it wrong because they always thought I was from Toronto. Uh, once I told them I was American, it was great. They gave me everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the Quebec was, they absolutely love Americans. As long as uh, you're not from Toronto, you're okay. Exactly. But anyway, by the second week, I could actually go to Tim Hortons and order in French. So, uh, you know, that worked out well. That's that's about the extent of it. You know, I, could, I could order a beer uh, and I could get thrown out of a game in French. But uh, I'm not going to be able to. I'm not a front, uh, a functioning Frenchaholic. <laughs> no, me either. I know a few words, and that's about it. Yeah. And like you say, going to the honorable mentions, mm-hmm. we have like say Battleford uh, North Stars from the SJHL, uh, uh, Steinbeck Pistons from the, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, Orangeville again near Georgetown Aurora area, the Orangeville Flyers mm-hmm. from the OJ. And like we're going back, pick two. And the commandos from both from the East Coast. So JF does a great job. They, I mean, that's that's uh, JF. He's out there. Uh, the goalie, the former goalie, I guess I should say. He's, he he runs an absolutely fantastic program out there in DF. Absolute fantastic. I would like to go back to the Orangeville Flyers song just to get your take on things. Doesn't Orangeville have three junior teams? Uh, I'm trying to think. You you have the Americans. That's in the Greater Metro, right? Right, that's Tyler Fines. Yeah. yeah, and then you have, like, say, Orangeville Flyers, and I can't think of the other one. I thought there was another one for some reason. But, again, you still got two two legit teams playing out of Orangeville. And, and out of Orangeville, but I guess an hour and a half away, you, you have a Collingwood team that's in the new league that's, like you say, in the, the CIHL. Is that how far away it is? About an hour and a half, an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. Um, but, again, like you say, to have two junior teams in Orangeville that are both pulling decent crowds... And uh, like you say, in the Americans and that side, I bugged Tyler about that one, like with the name. Um, but yeah. Yeah. being, I'm saying, just a Canadian-based team, and like I say, being called the Americans, and he it's, says he takes a lot of heat for it sometimes. It's not like they're on the border either. No, it's it's it's, it's, it's not like they're playing where you have put in the thing like half an hour outside of or outside of the Niagara, Niagara Falls, New York. Yeah. They're almost two hours away from the border, so, so yeah. So, but uh, Orangeville Flyers, like I say, to make an honorable mention to have two junior teams in that area, it, it, it's it's a huge. And Tyler does well with his stuff there with the the, the GMHL. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if he'll ever get out of that outlaw league mentality. Um, 
I, I'm I'm trying to kind of sort through that myself. I'm still trying to get used to pay to play. I, I that's still a concept for me that kind of baffles my mind a bit because at that point they're clients. <laughs> True, you know, at that point they're clients, and if you're if you're sitting them each game, or you know, you got a guy that's sitting out five or six games, and he's paid seventy eight hundred bucks or eight grand or whatever it is, you're sitting there going, okay, I'd be a little pissed off, to be honest with you. But I can, I guess, I'm being devil's advocate no, here. Do it, do it. Um, if you go to D3 schools, yeah, um, where usually it's up to fifty percent that that they can pay. So I know they're getting an education, but you're still paying for your your son to play play hockey. Mm-hmm. Where, like you say, I know going to other universities, I use Lake Superior State across the river. Parents, some parents are paying money for their kids to go to school. They're not all on scholarships. Mm-hmm. But I say that's a little bit different. Where D three, and I'm just being devil's advocate. It's not pay to play, but it's it's, it's, it's still supposed to what you're going to get. Yeah. So I use today in society. I I hate the word pay to play, but unfortunately, and then you as you, you say your son or anywhere else, we've paid as parents all the way through. <laughs> so to me, I don't cause pay to play just because we've been we've been paying my my. 1620. I've been paying for at least 15 years for my kids to play hockey. So yeah, I think as parents, we get to the point where we're like, okay, I've been doing this for 15 years now. It's time for somebody else to pick up the tab. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but in the end, they're not. You know, we, we, we've invested, uh, you know, in our own kids, and they've invested in that, you know, with their own development. And, you know, to, to, to have anything in this world, you're going to have to put a little something into it to get a little something out of it. And, uh, Exactly. You know, I just, and like if, I said, the concept, though, of a legitimate, you know, like I pay you so that you coach me and I get so many games and then to be sitting in the stand, I'd be a little upset. But that's because I've never, never been part of that aspect. Uh, sitting in the in the stands is, uh, you know, that's nothing there, but <laughs> paying to sit in the stands, it's kind of a, you know, kind of... But I use, I use out of the <clears throat> today, like you say, if that's the term we use or whatever else. Majority, and I, I don't want to say say seventy five percent of organizations and their coaches, they they try to move, they try to get the players on the ice, and the ones mm-hmm. who are sitting in the stands, they do try to move them mm-hmm. or get them somewhere else to maybe get them on the ice. So there's not too many organizations that are saying, okay, give me your money and let you you're going to sit in the stands. Um, but there, there's a few, but it, it's something that. When it comes down to it, majority of people out there when it comes to coaching or the ownership in junior hockey, they're they're doing it for the love of the sport. Yeah, I, I agree um, with that. I agree with that. But we still like have coach, the same thing in the States too, though. Yeah. Know, there's a lot of uh, 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 considered Tier 3 or the, the AAU teams. They're all pay-to-play. Can you imagine you'd have to spend like $12,000 a year for your kid to go to, and I'll just throw it out there, Arizona. Now you're not paying twelve grand for your kid to play there. You're paying twelve grand so they can take your kid around the country to games. They fly places. They bus for days. You know that's not cheap. That's literally what you're paying for. So if you're gonna pay for that travel, put it as a, you know, look at it exactly the way it is. Cost of doing business in that aspect. Make sure your kid goes to a team where he's gonna play, and he's gonna develop. And get and get seen because let's face it, if you're getting a D three school, nothing wrong with D three hockey, but it's not no. D one hockey, which means there's an expense. Exactly, 
And that's where I and I tell I tell my my twenty year old can't play hockey anymore, but I use my sixteen year old. He plays high school, and I, I've said all along, even when my twenty year old was playing, if they can get schooling schooling out of hockey, that's a bonus. The NHL to me, everybody looks at it, the NHL is great. Yeah, nothing wrong with the NHL is a total bonus. But if they can, if they can get even D three out of out of school and hockey, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, not. I mean, a lot of the teams really push to make sure that the guys get the education, and I think that's good because there were years that was like you never thought of that. Like, look, you want to go to college or do you want to play pro? Yeah, and that's how they put it. And of course, you don't tell the guy that came from pro, oh, I just want to go to college. Because you're, you're just not going to be there the next week. Fine, he's a college boy. Never mind. Nowadays, it's it's almost faux pas for you to say, I'm really not interested in college. I want to go the pro route. Exactly. You're, you're not going to find that. It's just, it's just, you know, it's you're almost deemed, you know, a, a bad motivation for, for saying, you know, hey, I'd, I'd rather go the pro route or I'd rather go major junior. I always hear guys say, you know, I played major junior, I wished I'd gone to college. But then I think to myself, well, hold on, in major junior, they require you to go to school anyway. So what are you doing? Yep. It, so you decided not to take the advantage of going to take college courses over playing hockey. So that that's not really how that rolls anymore. Uh, college isn't for everybody. I understand that. Uh, but you know, look at uh, PJ Stock, what he did with his contract, and he was one of the first ones to do it. God bless him. Some people think he's he was foolish. Look, here's a guy with limited size, limited skill. His agent, himself, his parents, whoever it was that came up with it, his first contract that he had with the Rangers had in there that they would pay for four years of his school. That was put in his contract when he was done playing. He finished playing when he was with what uh, Boston. But the Rangers were still on the hook for four years of his school. So he immediately, you know, enrolled in school. And here he is, you know, three, four years later. And he's annoying us on Hockey Canada. He's on Hockey Canada and he's got a journalism degree. Yep. Now, the guy who couldn't play, who was just a little pugilist, right? I mean, that's just the, the concept of him. I always thought he was a pretty smart player. But he did it from a limited standpoint. Very smart. He got, he, he got as part of his contract that his education is paid for as soon as he's done with hockey. There's a lot to be said for that, to be honest with you. And the only reason I say that, and you, you'll probably hear flack from this, and I know I will, you can't always play pro hockey. But you can damn well bet you can always go back to school. Exactly. And so if that opportunity comes for you to play pro hockey, I always say, go do it. Why? I can sit in a classroom with a broken leg. I can't play hockey with a broken leg. Oh, and I, I use another example and keep on going back to Northern Ontario. Do use two brothers here in, 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 they're from Echo Bay. That's just, I know where it is. The suburb, the sub, <laughs> suburb of Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. It's about a thousand people. It's farming land, but the, the Jarrett brothers were Tanner, Tanner, uh, not, sorry, not the Jarrett brothers, my probably Jarrett Burton and Tanner Burton. Jarrett went. Jarrett played his junior in in the Noge, and then he went off to Kingston and played uh, in Kingston. 
Then he got a four-year scholarship to Clarkson. Mm, that's not a bad job there, huh? No. And then then he gra- then he then he graduated from Clarkson last year. Now he he signed with Wheeling Nailers. Yeah. His brother, who who played in with Blind River Beavers, went on to Marion College. Played his four years there. I was actually just talking to him the other night at a um, at a men's league game. He was there to just watch his friends before he left because I uh, I'm helping Sioux College their club team out and we were watching and. I was talking to him. He just graduated from Marion. He's gone down to the SPHL, mm-hmm. and he goes, "I'm doing the SPHL. I'm living across the street from uh, the uh, the university." And he goes, uh, "He goes, even though I'm graduating, he goes, I'm getting my master's in accounting." Oh, so, gee, that's, so he goes, that's a shame. he goes, <laughs> he goes. They're paying. They're paying so much. He gets paid so much a week, but they put him up in an apartment. They they give him so much allowance for food, and he goes, "I'm only uh, 24 years old." He goes, "I'll do it for two or three more years until my master's is done." And he goes, and then he goes, I'm going to go on and he goes, have a, have a real job, he says, as in the, the yeah. workforce. And enjoy where you have it because yes. not everybody can do it and you're only young once. Yeah. And that's where I generally get kind of slapped down on that, I guess, because I always say, you know, I, I know everybody pushes for college and it's great because if you can get that opportunity, then, you know, clearly if you're a college bound person, that's what you want to do. But it's not unheard of for a lot of these guys to say, no, thanks. I'll go play while I can. And they get their education either while they're playing, they'll take courses, you know, some summer times or whatever. But, you know, most of those guys, they end up staying in the sport. So they, they end up learning the business management. They end up learning, you know, any of those things. Firemen, policemen, most of those guys are all old American league players. I use, we, we have three or four policemen in Sault Ste. Marie that are, that are former uh, NHL players, if not uh, American Hockey League players. Mm-hmm. So, and that's going back to the discipline they went through, the discipline of every day of working out, going on the ice, doing their studies, and now in return they're on the police force with the, with the, the, using the discipline they learned over the years playing hockey. Correct. Correct. And and that's the that's the, not college isn't for everybody. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, if you can get it. And they're going to pick it up. Why not do it? You know, exactly. um, I talked to, of course, my friends over in the UK. Um, and a lot of the guys in their top level over there, they come over or even their secondary level. Uh, they come over to go to school for two years so they can get their master's degree. That's part of their pay. They say, you know what, we're going to pay you to play. Well, basically, they pay you to practice. They bring you in. They give you an apartment. They share cars, you know, or, or at least have transportation. Um, in the UK, the transportation is much better than it is over here in North America because you can get anywhere with either a taxi or a train or a bus. Yep. Um, not here, but over there. And, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He's the goalie in, uh, in Dundee. Don't know for how much longer. But he's over there, and, you know, he's a career, basically, American League hockey player, and he's getting his master's degree while he's over there. So they're paying for that. I mean, he doesn't pay for it. They pay for that. They pay him his salary, plus they give him a place to live in a vehicle he uses. Um, hello. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> I use a lot. Now turned your talent into what? Into into an investment because that's what it is. Well, if they the ones I say, some of the guys who are a little bit older, if they have families that are living in North America, these organizations fly their families over so many times a year. Mm-hmm. Just to, and their and their season's only about six months. It's a lot shorter than over That's here. Great. And it starts earlier. 
Yeah, so they they they're, they're treated they're treated like royalty. Yes, I I was fortunate. I had a chalet when I was over there. I had use of a vehicle anytime I wanted it. Um, and it lived in a ski resort basically. And the people that owned the team owned the resort. So you know, I mean, it was not that I I I taught the you know player coach of one team and then you know coach the the juniors the little kids. Uh, early Sunday mornings. Boy, those Sunday mornings were rough back then, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, plus I got paid for it. And, you know, if you look back on that, I think, geez, you know, I, I really didn't realize exactly how good I had it. Uh, you know, why would I complain about having to get up at five in the morning was my own fault, not somebody else's. But, uh, you know, you can you can do something like that. But if you play over here, the rules now that they have for the immigration over there in the in the EU, the European Union, is if you played ECHL, what used to be the CHL, but if you played ECHL, AHL, NHL, you can go over there and play because it's a top top level over here. If you've played at any of the top levels at any of the countries there, then you can play over there. But for a guy to come straight out of like the OHL or the Q or something like that, they actually have to have the passport that allows them to do it. Allows them to play. Right. So it, it's really limiting. So they kind of pick and choose out of the ECHL and ACHL or uh, AHL because they get a lot of guys out of that. So, you know, if you're 24 and you're in the East Coast League, you know, the ECHL, you put up enough games, you can go over there and finish your education or at least have a pretty good run for a few years, six years, maybe add on to your career. So, you know, by the age of 30, you've you've gotten a degree over that time. You've been paid to play hockey for another six years because it's not the same rigor as you have over here. No. And, you know, who wouldn't want to play at least till they're 30 and finish with an education? And going on, like you say, if, yeah, anybody, I didn't get the chance to do it, but if you can do that, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. But that's a thing that a lot of places don't push. Um, you know, th- these leagues such as the, the NOJ, the, um, the GM, the CCHL, they, they really don't, they don't prepare the guys for the pro life. They prepare them for the college life. And so guys get out of, you know, playing junior A and they go to college and they say, well, I don't, you know, I don't really like it. I'm not having fun. I thought it was going to be a lot of fun. Well, guess what? <clears throat> Education does not come with a beer keg, you know? No. And so you can't live that life you lived junior A in college and expect to get by. You actually have to do the work. And, you know, if you don't, they'll have a tutor with you and they will make sure that work gets done. So it wears a lot of guys out, though. They they think, oh, you know, the coaches and everybody have told me, hey, you know, got to go to college after this. And they get there and they're like, I'm not a college guy. I don't like this. Okay, well, did they plan you for, you know, maybe plan to the point where you could get over to Europe to play? No. Okay, well, then that's something we need to look at for you. Something, you know, something to work on to, uh, to, to get them to that level, right? Correct. It, it doesn't just happen. You know, it, it's... Just because you're a superstar in this league doesn't mean you're going to be a superstar there. Now, Clutes, exactly. uh, who's in, uh, where is he at, in Tottenham? Bradford. Bradford. Yeah, no, yeah, Bradford. yeah the Rattlers. 
uh, he was coaching over there. He was coaching yep. in Europe and playing. He, or he, he went over and played, yep. and he ended up being co- coach uh, yep, player, player coach. and yep. now. And now he, like I say, he came back, and the Russell and I, I used there. Russell snagged him up right away, and a good snag, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but again, he he did it the right way. He went over there, right? Got an yep. education out of it. He comes back here, and what's he have? He's got a. He's still doing the same thing. You know, he gets exactly. To, you get to work in the sport. That's a, there's not enough people that plug getting to work in the sport. I I get more reward when one of the guys I've coached becomes a coach or a manager. To me, that means oh, I, I either screwed him up bad enough, they said I can do a better job than him, or B, they said, you know what, that guy you know, did okay, made it look fun. Well, and that's exactly, I, I go back to, like people say with Junior Hockey Network, like why do you do it and stuff like that. I said, first of all, yes, it's a business that supports me, but I've been doing it since March. We got over two, almost 2.3 million hits, but the thing is, is, so far, it's only been two players, but I've helped two players go on, and th- now they're going to school. So on top of me making a living for myself, mm-hmm. uh, so far I've only helped two, but it, it's two more than who knows what would have happened. Well, you get the trickle-down effect from that, too. Exactly. And that's the part that, that really isn't isn't able to be measured. And um, yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to join up with you is, uh, you know, with Junior Hockey Network is it, I'm getting a, a interviews – that are legitimate interviews. They're not canned questions. They're not, you know, they're not misleading at all. Direct question. I love the question answers you do, by the way. I love reading those. I, I think those are absolutely fantastic. Um, but it's it's news. It's not hogwash. It's not you know a premeditated castration of somebody. It's literally here's the news. And it's the truth, and it's not a bunch of crap behind it. And that's what I like about it. Well, and I find the biggest one I, I've been doing, like, say, every week is called The Shift. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's the just the same questions for all the kids. And I say call them kids. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is I get messages now saying, okay, I, I, do, I, do, I do you. And it's like, oh, you did what? When am I next? Yeah. Like, the kids are reading yeah. what they're – Of course. What their guys – what they're doing and uh, – and now, uh, like last night, power of Facebook and everything else and social media, I get them sending me messages on social media saying, <laughs> can I be next? Can I be next? And Self-promotion, so the, run with it. And, and, and they're liking it because, it, like, I actually sat with an owner yesterday or talked to him on the phone about, about coming on board and what he gets. And I told him about the shift. And I said, uh, I said, ask one of the other coaches in the league or to see. And I said, the, co- the, the players are loving it. Mm-hmm. And, and the fans are liking it because they get to see more than just so-and-so on the ice. It's exactly right. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, my I've, my son looks at it and he says, man, that's a good interview. Why? Because, and, and when I say canned questions, what I mean by the canned questions is it's generic question. Like, you know, how old are you? When did you? I don't need to know that. Let's talk about other things like the questions that you have. What's your most memorable moment in you know such such and such? Well, now you get to know who the person is as a as a person. The player is as a person, basically, instead of just oh well, thanks for the interview. Hockey hockey is just so rampant with characters in this sport. Oh, exactly, and and these being young kids, mm-hmm. definitely. And going back, I've learned how and how many um on how many kids actually uh, go out on the ice with the skate cards on. <laughs> <laughs> tape on the bottom 
Yeah, but like you said, and it was funny because going touching that for one second is I was at a Greyhound game the other night, and uh, and actually the referee went out with the skate guards on. <laughs> so so to actually to, so to actually be a referee and to do it and people are on your case already. That see, that was that was hilarious. That, you know that is that's hockey. As far as I'm, that's hockey. It's just it's there's always something that's going on in in that game, some way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and and you can always walk away either being frustrated or happy. Exactly, and uh, like I said, on the clo- on the closing note for this week, because I think we could go on for hours. And yeah. Now the show being a weekly a weekly show, where's Sylvain Cloutier from? Uh, Sylvain, where is he from? Well, I would think he's uh, probably from Ottawa. Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, he is. He actually, him and his brother Danny, Danny played in the NHL with Florida and uh, and uh, Vancouver. Not the goalie. Um, yep. My son yep. absolutely loves him. Yeah, Danny's actually Danny's actually in Barry now as the... the um, the goalie coach for the Barry Colts. No kidding. Yeah, and he um, that's that's his younger brother. His parents actually that now this is where it says diehard hockey parents. They moved when those two boys were young from Quebec, Barry when they were like only two or three year old year old each. Sue. Moved to the Sault Ste. Marie because they knew it was a hockey bed so that their kids could go on to play hockey. Bobby Dam. I did not and, know that. Uh, yeah. If you if you know Dan Cloutier in any way, shape or form, please get something a signed picture of him. So I can give it to my son. He absolutely actually his his his, wa- his wife and my wife uh, went to school together. So yeah, I will uh, I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do. That's fantastic. I would have not gotten that. Yeah, yeah. he was a goalie. I saw him getting a dandy of a fight. Uh, oh, he's quite capable, by the way. Yeah, uh, and do you remember? Do you remember? Um, oh, name now. Uh, Johnson played for Peterborough. He was about six foot eight. He was uh, he was one of their forwards. He, it was '93, um, the Super Series, and um, Cloutier actually uh, fought him in the Super Series here in Sault Ste. Marie. Why does it not surprise me? And then, do you remember the fight with him and? Um, oh, I'm trying to think. When he was in the NHL, he had a really good one. Uh, he uh, the fight that should have always taken place and never did was Dan Cloutier and Ray Emery. And that would have been a dandy. Yeah, would have been a good goalie. Uh, that would have been a dandy. I'm not, I, my son's had a few, but he also started age 15, you know, in in juniors as a forward, not even as a goalie. So uh, it, tell, it, tells, it tells you <laughs> you can you can play anywhere, right? Well, you can. It's it's a heck of a road. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty dandy. I mean, I've I've been fortunate. Like I said, I worked with the with the Capitals for a few years and. Then my son was a stick boy with the Caps uh, when when Ovechkin was there, or while Ovechkin was there. So when he was younger, uh, but he's got some locker room stories that are just hilarious. Uh, oh, I can imagine. You know, but I've taught him that you know locker room humor needs to stay locker room humor. Uh, well, that's what I try to tell my sixteen year old. He because he's around a lot with me with yeah Junior Hockey Network, and I have SueSports.com that reports local sports here, and around the locker room. And he's sixteen now, but when he was younger, he'd come home a little bit. And my wife would be, Shaw, the language. I'm like, Shaw, it's locker room. you got to keep that with oh, us, not man. with your mother. I have had the exact same thing. And you know the worst part is my daughter is 12 oh. years old. And she, you know, she watches us. She's been with us watching us watch hockey. So, you know, you're throwing out F-bombs. And she's thinking it's just normal, you know, normal stuff. Up. So. 
<laughs> she goes to her friend's house yeah, and drops the F. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't do that, well, but she goes to school and they ask her about, you know, what'd you do last night? I watched this horrible effing game and, you know, I'm like, oh, hold on, whoa. Oh, my dad says it. <laughs> That's not acceptable. Well, uh, like, say, to close, close off the show, whereabouts can we, for, for this week, where can we find, like, say, people find your uh, International Elite uh, Sports Group, and uh, where can they go to find more information about it? Uh, IE sportsgroup.com and also we do the uh, National Elite Pharaohs hockey tournament team for boys. Uh, you know, we have the different age groups. Uh, plus, we also this year are doing in conjunction with Vixen Performance, which is uh, run, operated, owned by my buddy Blair Stewart. Used to play in Toronto, played for Washington. Uh, absolutely fantastic defenseman in the, in the National League. He now lives in Texas. But uh, with him, he's doing Vixen Sports, which is a Vixen Performance. So we're doing girls' teams as well. And uh, so that way they can get his products, etc., out there. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. We do our tournaments in, the, in Canada. So now, where about where about you do so people know where do you do your tournaments? Sure, uh, in Niagara. Yep. In, in the Niagara area is where we do those. Uh, the Spring Bower Challenge. Very good, very good, uh, very good tournament. Yeah, it, it is, and uh, it, you know they, they they do a great job putting that on. They really do. They do a great job. So last year we had uh, Kevin Kaminsky coaching with us, uh, and anytime Killer can get in there and and coach, that's that's a real joy. Um, and he's doing juniors now in Portland. So it's a... Uh, and that's the National League Pharaohs. You can look that up, too. It's really easy. Just Google it in, National League Pharaohs, you know, or Pharaohs Hockey. It's the easiest way. But, uh, Darren Trussler runs that for us. Darren was a... Uh, I don't know if you know Darren or not. He was in the OJ. Uh, as a yeah, I know the name. Yep, and then he was last year, not this year, last year he was with Mississauga Steelheads as their video coach. Okay. And then he was with Owen Sound Attack when they won a memorial the year before. The year before. So he runs that. I, I literally just kind of put things together, and because of my uh, my health issues, I just let them do it. And Liam Flanagan, like I said, he's another one. Just uh, I get a player in, I say, okay, Liam, we got to get this guy placed. And generally, within about forty eight hours, a player's got a place to play. So it's, it's like say quite positive for the kids and for you guys for the. Uh, IESG, right? Right. I, you know, we're we're we did this to help others. It's it's not anything other than that. And uh, you know, eventually we'll I guess start making money out of it. Uh, we'll have to in some way, shape, or form. But uh, I'm not going to sacrifice not helping someone for uh, for helping someone. I, we're we're going to help people no matter what. So you know, so if they if they want to get on board, that's great. If they don't, that's great too. But you know the guys that are on board. We're going to help them. We're going to place them. We're going to get them somewhere. So people can find, like I say, against the grain uh, hockey show every week with me and uh, Coach Sterling, um, being our first show. Probably ran quite a bit of time, and we could probably go for hours. Yeah, I'd but love it. it. Yeah, it'll probably be uh, uh, every Tuesday to start and uh, join us next week. And you can find uh, against the grain on uh, JuniorHockeyNetwork.com. And I think it'll probably be on uh, IESG eventually, won't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, um, yeah. the link uh, will be posted up on there as well as your other actual podcast shows are. Yep. And like I say, the, the other one, 24-7 uh, hockey show, mm -hmm. is more talking to uh, coaches and players, just the one-on-ones. Um, and then that's and that's coming back next week. And I uh, hope uh, everybody enjoys the show. And we'll talk to you soon, uh, Coach Sterling. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure.
We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. All right.